Manic Afterthoughts, Musings and Ramblings About Love in Retrospect. Retrospect is a strange thing because we are looking back on something that no longer exists, or at least that's what we believe to be the case because we have come to unknow that person, detach from the situation, or decide that we are never going back to whatever it is that is in our rear view mirror. In Manic Afterthoughts and the latest project that I am working on as an extension of understanding and love, I am exploring an intimate relationship with myself as a foundation for inviting in the truest, uninhibited, and profound relationship that I always knew I could have someday. In my 30s, through the exploration of many therapeutic and healing modalities, I transformed my physical, emotional, and mental health. I had a belief in myself and an innate underlying happiness that I recognized could support me. Courage has come forth as a guiding force in my life for as far back as I can remember. I believe it's the biggest gift I have been given, and in times of transition, I have faithfully relied on it to carry me and guide me. That work I did years ago led me to new heights in all areas of my life, and I fell deeply in love with self-development, constantly identifying gaps in my life so I could first become deeply aware as a base for meaningful action. When I turned 40 years old, I gathered with my closest friends in Joshua Tree, California, for what I intended and turned out to be a connected and meaningful experience. Laying down, looking up at the desert stars, I recognized that love, intimacy, and my relationship with money were up next. Sharing this with my friends, I had no plan and accepted that more than likely this next level would play out as beautifully and organically as my health journey. Writing Manic was never in my plans, as all of my transformative experiences have been. While writing it, I knew it would lead me to where I needed to go, but to be honest, I didn't spend time thinking about the destination. As I write this, I am exposing who I have been in the context of intimacy. I have been me as my authentic self, and the me working hard to protect myself. I have realized that there are more experiences to release, and more comfort and clarity to gain, And that's already deepening my ability to confidently confront intimacy, first with myself, but surprisingly, also with some of the men who I wrote about in this book. I've been having intimate conversations with some of the men I wrote about. None of what we have been talking about has anything to do with sex and everything to do with the nature of how we showed up in our experiences together. There have been surprising revelations of self that I have discovered in being curious with them about their experiences with me. There have been moments we have talked about that I forgot, but they remembered so vividly. It has been consistently clear that the most vibrantly beautiful moments are the clearest for both of us because we were each operating from a place that was authentic. I've been told by all of them that with me, they felt swept away by adventure and laughter, creative thinking and forging new paths. I have been told by some of them that I hurt them when I was critical or abruptly disconnected. All of them told me they felt I didn't trust them, but not in a way like being jealous of another woman or things like that. They felt I didn't trust who they were at their core. 
Looking back, I always start with my arms wide open and blind faith that this time I may have discovered the potential life partner of my dreams. But then I would start hearing what they would say on a heightened level, listening for warning signs as the initial thrill subsided so I could protect myself from disappointment. I cannot speak for them, but I believe through the conversations that I've been having that ultimately we became partners in this type of safety dance. External safety will never exist with another if we haven't already found it in ourselves. We all want to feel safe, but we neglect to notice that safety resides within us and that trust in ourselves overrides anything the outside world can say or do. No one can hurt us when we find safety within, because the past no longer grips our responses and everything works out because the point of attraction is our authentic self, allowing us to receive everything we've ever wanted. Unknowing, the poem I wrote for the chapter Understanding and Love is about unknowing the parts of ourselves and our experiences so we can find extraordinary levels of intimacy. Processing the relationships I have had has moved me to more and more realizations of the fear that lived inside of me when faced with another possibility for the expansive type of love I wanted to actualize with a romantic partner. We were so open at the beginning, and suddenly things would fall short. While I am still working on understanding, the conversations I have been having with my exes led me to see that there was always a point when fear would take the place of exploration and joy. One or both of us underestimated that it really could be this good. When I wrote Unknowing, I understood that I had become closer to myself through writing these stories, but the most profound things were discovered months after I finished Understanding and Love. In Unknowing, I wrote, With you, I lost me, not because I was lost, but because I failed to be. The you I was referencing was what I believed to be my wounded heart that worked so hard not to fail when it came to love. Sacrificing my needs to make something work was my disappointed heart speaking on behalf of safety rather than on behalf of my desires and dreams. Working hard, I had come to understand, is a tired and old story that I had absorbed, a tall tale that prevented me from being all of who I am. All of who I am has always been the point of attraction for everything that has worked out in my life, yet I became frightened and pulled back those valuable parts of myself that I exposed initially for fear of things not working out. Authentically, I love getting lost in a moment and in the process of creating something, and in search of faux intimacy, I was getting lost in making sure that there was external safety. Considering the times in my life when I have felt most free and most in love and in touch with my authentic self, it was easy to find me in the most pure form through remembering my travels. When I travel, I start with the basics, a plane ticket or putting gas in the car and knowing my first stop. Beyond that, my planning is merely a mental process of thinking about all the possibilities. Through my travels in Italy, I unearthed the power of getting lost. On one occasion, I was driving in Tormina, a seaside destination on the island of Sicily. Through a series of unknown turns, after the GPS decided to give me the gift of not working, I found the most alive end. I turned into what I believed to be a driveway to turn around and found that it was a path to an unmarked overlook of the Ionian Sea. 
and as I turned to view the surroundings, the extraordinary height and breadth of the stratovolcano Mount Etna met my eyes. It was there I met myself, feeling into a deep sense of appreciation for my life, the courage that told me to say yes to my potential, and the geography that boldly reminded me that I'm so lucky to collaborate with everything that's natural. My life had become filled with moments like this that created the foundation to transform my health and become a better person in so many ways. I realized as I wrote Understanding and Love that I had learned to hold my authentic self back when it came to intimacy for fear of being too much. In retrospect, we are looking forward when we are not learning because the behavioral patterns become recycled into our future unless we integrate the learning, massage our wounds, and courageously step into our true form. When we announce to our friends something like we are over him or make proclamations of moving on, we are often only moving further away from ourselves. We react to disappointment and love by creating our post-breakup mission of faux empowerment, speaking words without taking time to consider their meaning, and take action before we take space. And then we meet the next person because the fact is there's always another person beyond a breakup. That person will morph into another version of disappointment if we miss the opportunity to pause and move forward with trust and freedom from what was through leading with self. I did not know why I needed to write the stories I wrote in Manic, but I knew that I did because it came easily to me. The good memories made me laugh and tear up and recall our individual and situational complexities. Beyond the first 10 chapters of Manic, I'm moving forward with continued understanding. I will be sharing the conversations I have with my therapist as I work through a framework called Internal Family Systems, otherwise referred to as Parts Work, which has been a profound new healing methodology I've discovered. I will also be sharing the conversations that I am having with men in this book and other men I have been with, exploring the edges of a relationship, as one man put it. The edges like that road that led me to the empty cliff where the Ionian Sea and Mount Etna expressed themselves without having to explain a damn thing. Understanding has taken me into another realm of transformation as I work to come forth with what I call wild authenticity in my romantic relationships as I know that is what creates the most ease between myself and the men I have loved. Being wildly authentic in my experience is unencumbered joy and total freedom. It's trust and safety without hard work. It is the connection I need to make to improve my relationship with financial and professional success. Love is a broad word and I am fearlessly and openly using it in all areas of my life. Expressing without fear of rejection or being too much, it doesn't require anything to happen because it comes first. Love is my essence and it is yours too. It's like I am right there with my five-year-old self who laughed incessantly, sang and performed without hesitation in front of theaters of people. I am still the little girl who chose to wear loud, colorful clothes that clashed, slipped on my jelly shoes, and walked around the neighborhood making new friends with every kid on the street. I loved freely and openly in those days. I loved even when I didn't feel external love. Nothing held me back. I'm the kid who asked to skip the training wheels because I was confident in my ability to take the risk that came with falling. I wanted to go straight to riding the 10-speed, and I did. 
I considered a grass stain or a skinned knee a badge of honor. I smothered everyone in hugs and made them homemade cards only to say I loved them. I could feel intensely and understood the emotions and energy that surrounded me at all times. Being in my essence is so refreshing to feel into who I was before the experiences in my life taught me to put up guards and protect the full expression of myself is freedom. I've discovered that I made personal sacrifices to my detriment, hanging on with unmet needs for far too long. As it stands, I'm feeling close to my authentic way of being, constantly aware of whether or not I'm acting from a place that is me without my guard up. There is slow out there in love, but understanding has helped me embrace that the only way to have my needs met is to get back to that girl who is unstoppable in her natural way of being. Being close to my essence means that I'm experiencing myself through clarity and confidence, massaging the tender or constricted or sore spots that exist because of something that is no longer there. For several years, I have been working on not recycling my past experiences into my future, and in doing parts work, I'm releasing the unhealthy inner constructs that have been hanging out in my physical body. As a result, my muscles have softened, and bodily tension has lessened. The relationships I have with the men I had relationships with in the past are now fully authentic. They are fun, easy, free of expectations, and full of connection and sense-making. The honest and open and loving exchanges that have been happening between us are happening because there's nothing telling us that there's something to lose. I'm exploring and unwinding how love can shift our perspective and our actions when we find it, causing us to show up with hearts wrapped in past disappointment, transmuted into predictions of another thing that seems too good to be true. If in love we communicate in the same way we do with our closest friends, our interactions would create a higher level of intimacy. We could say that sex complicates this, but perhaps we need to move away from complications by moving toward our authenticity. The most extraordinary thing about being physically intimate with another is that the depth of pleasure with another person will run parallel to the depths at which we love ourselves. Manic Afterthoughts is an exploration in retrospect of understanding the expression of our authentic selves and how inviting in the self unprotected helps us see ourselves and one another through a clean lens. It is about the edges of relationships and the ability to love without barriers, definitions, or plans. It is me courageously, unapologetically, and compassionately confronting love and life as I make my way toward a fanciful destination unknown, and I'm thrilled to share it with you.